0: Today's episode is sponsored by one of my favorite rap labels, Front Row Regale. Started by my good friend Rock City Mark, legendary rapper Ito, and Jay Rios. They are the go-to for real hip-hop. Make sure to check out the whole team, including DJ doo Jay Black, Nice to Future, Boo-Boo the Prince, Reno Rex, and Uop Diggs. Follow Front Row Regal on all platforms and check out the New New York by Ito and DJ Duop out now.
1: Yeah yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 <ecological noise> yeah. <sighs> hey, <alright>. Yeah, I was just I I as I like to say, I was a generic headliner. Are
0: people now coming to see you?
2: Oh yeah, that's that's pretty much all the shows they do now is just
0: Fans. Fans. Do they want you to do the characters, though? Like,
2: do they expect yeah, I'll you go, to... Yeah, I'll go into it and mm. talk about it. And that, that's one thing I've noticed is that, uh, you know, at first I would just do my stand-up. I didn't really even talk about it at all, but I've got so many people who are, who've never been to a comedy show. They're coming to my show. Mm. And so I feel like I have to kind of talk about the social media stuff. And so I'll tell the stories about... Some of the videos and
0: So you like you don't just go into it, you like explain the backing behind it?
2: Um no, I just start doing stand up and then about halfway through I start i start yeah. telling the story about you know, this is why I'm famous. In case you don't know. <laughs> here's 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 why I'm here. So.
0: <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't even sure if you were gonna do this. Like I wasn't sure how you if you played yourself or if you played the character. You know, because I've seen you do stand up, and you didn't do it on the shorter sets.
2: Um, yeah, I, no, I just I'll you know longer set I'll do it. You know, I will kind of go in and out of it. Yeah, you know, just for the fun of it.
0: Hey, puppy. But, do you tell the real story about your grandfather about oh, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll
2: talk about him and tell some stories about him. Do you
0: then, mind? We'll start off with that story. Do you mind sure, telling no it?
2: Problem. We're gonna. When when are we rolling?
0: We're good whenever.
2: Okay, are we are we recording? Hey.
0: Yeah, we can keep the oh, dog. Okay. The, the what's your dog's name? This is Allie. Is she Allie? Allie, yeah, she can is stay. Okay? I do not mind.
2: Okay, because yeah, she loves attention.
0: <laughs> she she wants to be on camera. Yes, she sees you getting all the notoriety. Yeah, and she's, she's like, like, get me on the camera. I want I want some of that fame.
2: She's a pampered princess.
0: You got to get her, her own plaque right next to it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, she's a she's a doll. She's a she's a kind of a rescue. It's kind of funny.
0: How did you kind of rescue her? Well,
2: we had a we have a a friend um who friends that we've known for years and their kids were like 2 and 3 they were the same age as our kids when they were younger. Little. Hey, 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 you're caught up in that. And um we became uh, such close friends that they've lived with us from time to time and the kids have basically just raised as cousins mm-hmm. kind of thing and anyway their oldest boy joined the Marine Corps yeah she's got like an ear infection oh so somewhere. I won't hey, put her. hey let she's me get
0: like, oh your cord's stuck in your Allie
2: Allie Allie come on I'd love you dearly but can you go find somewhere else to be for a second come on really come on toe. okay there you go okay sit down sit down <laughs> There we go. Okay, um,
0: you can tell she loves you. You're her protector.
2: She's, yeah, she's well. She's my protector. She's to... <laughs> Is that how it works? That's how it works. <laughs> she's, convinced. she's she's here to save 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 me from harm.
0: It's like a rescue, an uh, anxiety dog, like a self dog well, that also has anxiety.
2: <laughs> well, it was funny because <coughs> the oldest boy his his wife, um. Add the dog. <coughs> and shortly after they got married, she also joined the Marine Corps. And then they both got stationed you uh, know, Okinawa. Oh, wow. And they couldn't take the dog with them. So they asked us to, to take her. And so I'm like, okay. And so I ended up bringing her back from California, driving her all the way back out here to Connecticut in the car. And on that trip, we just she just bonded. And now she's just, you know.
0: Was it not a good bond in the beginning?
2: Oh no, no, she was fine. Oh, I oh. mean, I, you know, I had known her because you know I'd see the kid all the
0: time. I didn't know he if it was like a son. planes, trains, and automobiles type oh, <laughs> situation no, where out. you
2: hated each other at the beginning. What? She's trying to bite
0: you, and then by the end, you guys are. <laughs> that
2: was no. It was just uh, like I'd go and visit. Uh, I'd visit with her before because I'd gone to his house, helped him mm-hmm. move in, and all that stuff. So I knew her. And it was weird for her because she's just like, why Why am I going? Wh- what are we doing? Why am I going with you? Um, but by the time we got to Connecticut, she would just just never want us to leave my, my side. In fact, it's really funny when I have to leave and then I come back. She does this thing where she's excited to see me, but at the same time, she's mad.
0: You know, <laughs> so it's she'll like, be a hey, little so sassy. Here, here. Why did you leave you know, her? <laughs> she'll
2: start growling and running around in circles and then just start, oh, I'm so happy you're here. And then, I can't you know, she, she doesn't know what to do. It's quite, it's quite adorable.
0: My dog's on Cape and I, you know, I'm on the road all the time, so I won't see her for like months. Um, and I, you can't explain to your pet like what's the situation and where you're going. So like, yeah. I'll leave, and she's probably like, "He's dead. <laughs> like Sam's dead. Like yeah, I haven't seen him for two months. What's so happening?" And then I'll show up one day, and she's like, "Is it really you? Is it really you?" It, and, then it. and then I have to go for. Then I have to go for the.
2: Well, she's she's funny because she'll she knows when I leave with a suitcase. Mm. you know and she'll she'll get right by the door and want to go with me because every once in a while when I I drive out I'll take her with me mm. just for the you know for the fun of it and yeah uh, so she's she loves riding in the car <laughs> she just absolutely goes wants to go all the time
0: does she like the water
2: uh, oh yeah yeah she was the water well it was funny the first time she saw snow was out here a few years ago in fact I got a videotape of it that I posted and years ago but her first time in snow she was just going nuts that was the most amazing thing ever I mean, she just she just running back and forth she couldn't she had no idea what to do with this so it was just the uh, the most uh, incredible thing she had ever experienced
0: you're from utah so you know snow and oh, i know yes, snow yes. i went to an international high school so some people like i got to see like he, not adults but like teenagers see snow for the first time in person oh really and it was kind of like imagine seeing snow for the first time when you can really acknowledge what it is
2: yes yes
0: you're like what is this magical thing you see like it in movies you see it you know
2: yeah so, yeah it's it was weird because you know i grew up with it and, yeah and uh yeah i had uh, one time it was i think it was uh I was about twenty. Yeah, I was about twenty years old, and I was with a guy who had never seen snow before in his life. He was you know, the same age, and he just he just stood it. He just stood out in the snow and just like this is so amazing. You know, it's <laughs> I I compared it to the first time I saw um, fireflies because mm. I had, I grew up in Utah. You just you kind of have them, but not really. I mean, it was very rare you would ever see one yeah and then i i i was in north carolina where they're everywhere and i remember the first time i walked out there and saw him, I was just like what in the or uh, it was new jersey the first time i saw him i was just like this is is this real <laughs>
0: Just like all the lights, yeah. yeah.
2: Just seeing these fireflies, I'm like, this is, I, I, I you know, because yeah, like you were saying, you see snow in the movies, and it's, yeah, you're still until you've actually experienced it, you don't understand it. Fireflies, kind of the same thing for me. I was just like,
0: I want to see the aurora borealis. I don't think I've ever seen that, and I feel like that's something I've only seen pictures of on like Mac computer backgrounds. Oh yes, it's <laughs> always the picture yeah. of it. You know, I like, I want to see that in real life.
2: Yeah, it looks like it's just spray brush, you know, yeah. airbrushed.
0: Have you ever seen that?
2: No, I haven't. I haven't.
0: Do you have a top bucket list item?
2: Um, top bucket list item. Um, I just I want to. I just want to travel. I want to go see everything. Yeah. yeah. Nothing in, nothing uh, particular. Well, I'd like to go to Antarctica if I could, one day. That's probably my, you know way out there thing but mostly just what would you want to do out, out there? there I'd uh, just go check it out just, I mean just, <laughs> just to see the ice just to see it just to be there just to say hey I was on Antarctica yeah
0: because yeah. there isn't anything out there other than like
2: well that's what they tell us <laughs> that's the story they tell that's, what, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the little thing they're trying to You think Area 51
0: is in Antarctica. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There's aliens out there. Penguins are just aliens. I hope so.
2: I'm one of those guys. I've never seen Bigfoot. I've never seen ghosts. But I want it to be true.
0: Mm. Do you believe in that stuff? The only question I had prepared for you is if you (laughs) believed in Bigfoot, which is... I don't know it's crazy that you brought that up. We did not talk about that beforehand. Oh, really? <laughs> Literally, I, the only question.
2: <laughs> like I said, I want to believe. I want it to be true. Yeah. I want there to be aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts. I feel like Bigfoot time travel, I want the
0: least all. believable though. Of like oh. ghost aliens.
2: I think he's the most believable because we have more evidence that Bigfoot exists than we do ghosts.
0: All right, what's your fuck, Mary, kill Bigfoot, <laughs> a ghost, and an alien?
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go with uh, Bigfoot, uh, a female one. Um. What was the other option? <laughs> it's fuck, marry, kill me. a
0: big a, go, a female ghost, a female Bigfoot, and a female alien.
2: Um, I would, okay, I would do the I would do the the Bigfoot. I'd marry the alien because I think to some degree I actually am, and because um, she's out of this world.
0: Oh, that's a good pickup line. Alien, any aliens watching? There we go. Go to go to a, which casino are you at this Fentango, weekend? Fandango.
2: Fandango <laughs> Casino in Carson City. <laughs> go bring there. A, bring your ladies. <laughs> they have UFO parking out I'm front. Gonna, I'm going to turn your ladies on for you. Come on out. <laughs> and then, of course, kill the ghosts because they're already dead. Mm, kill
0: again. If you kill, kill a ghost, does it bring them back
2: to life? Probably.
0: There's just like a 16th century... <laughs> Vaudevillian. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say child, but not in this scenario. Adult, <laughs> adult standing in your room. There you go. How about Loch Ness monster? Let's throw her. Let's throw her ooh, in the mix. <laughs> she's a, thick. <laughs>
2: Loch Ness monster is a thick lady. That was I, you know. I it was always funny. You, you know the famous poster, picture of the yeah, yeah. every time I look at it, I was like, it looks like it's just somebody doing, you know, got their hand up there. I was like, anybody seen this? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was
0: so much easier to believe in shit before the internet, though. Like, like you had to believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> well, you didn't was know.
2: The did fake stuff. You had to re- be really creative to fake stuff. Yeah. Now, you know, with the every now now there's just so much. I mean, I. I mean, think about this: the the the, the military has come out and admitted that there is a large, uh, believed to be uh, intelligent life craft, in in our galaxy, and it's hanging out watching us. And it got absolutely no, no, rec- no acknowledgement, hardly at all. From yeah, but days. the
0: new Legend of Zelda's out. <laughs>
2: That's true. <laughs> no, I'm That's just, true. But like,
0: what would you do? Like, how would that change your day to day if aliens? If you like saw an alien, like one got interviewed. I, I don't.
2: Um, I don't. I don't think it would change my outlook at all because uh, I pretty much figure they are real. Yeah, I want. Like I said, I want them to be real. Hmm. I don't have any proof myself, but. I don't want to believe. Uh, My you brother, are- well, I have a brother who is is convinced that he was abducted by aliens.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: Do you think he was? I he I, I listened to his story, and uh, you know what? It sounds legit to me. And he's not a liar. He's not one that just makes up stuff.
0: Yeah, I have a bunch of friends who have always been like, I saw UFOs, like I saw a UFO, I saw a UFO, and then always I'm like, tell me more about it, and they're like, well, I was tripping on mushrooms, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, oh, god, damn, go. it. god uh, damn it, god damn it,
0: but for real though, like, I don't know, ghosts, I thought I lived in a haunted house when I grew up, but was I just a scared kid?
2: could be yeah i we lived in an old old house there for a while when i was a kid and you know it was been it was built in like the late 1800s yeah and it had a root cellar you know basement and uh, my brothers and sisters were scared to go down in the basement or right at night and i was just like i'd go down there with the lights off i'm like <laughs> there's what's a ghost gonna do to me
0: yeah there's you never been I mean? one death caused by ghost yeah ever it's um, like marijuana. It's like there's
2: never yeah.
0: <laughs> more people have been killed by marijuana than ghosts.
2: Yeah. More people have been killed by people trying to stop you from using marijuana <laughs> than actually using marijuana.
0: That is true, though. We like to psych ourselves up as humans. Like, scare ourselves.
2: We do. We, do. we, 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 we Like I said, we, we want... That excitement, you know, because we're really, we're, we're geared. I mean, think about it. If you, if you're into the evolution thing, the idea that we, we came, we, that we came from the animal world, which means that we had to, we, we became, we developed our intelligence so that we could defeat uh, the enemy and, and not get eaten by these other animals Yeah, and learn how to basically take over the world. We had to do a lot of crazy stuff. And so we were, we were, we were, we were, we revolved were to do amazing things, and now here we are, um where half of our work can be done by a Chat GPT now. And what are we doing? Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's. I tell people, you, you're not depressed, you're bored. Most mm. people are just bored. Yeah. With their lives. You
0: know? Yeah, and or yes, I agree. When I was most depressed, is when I wasn't taking myself seriously.
2: Mm-hmm. When you have no real purpose, exactly. Yeah, yeah and without having have anything in, and and I'm not trying to discount people with depression. I I get that, so don't don't at me. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's it, it, a lot of it is just being active, and we want that excitement. So I think that's why we we kind of. Build ourselves up sometimes, you know. That's why we like hearing scary stories when we go on a camp out or, um, you know, sit and watch a, a scary movie. We like that excitement. We like that. Have you ever you know.
0: felt depression?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I've uh, I've been through you know anxiety and in fact, I was somewhat uh, OCD when I was a, when I was a kid. Mm. I used to clean like all the time. I was just just i i was just always cleaning and organizing things my friend's kids my friend's neighbors uh, or my friend's parents loved it when i would come over to their house because i would start cleaning
0: i <laughs> used to go over friends houses and be like coasters are our friends like i
2: was very <laughs> like proper like i was, yeah. was manners yeah
0: i have no manners now
2: well it was it was funny because i i had this uh, friend his name was vance and uh, went over to his house, and he was from he was from a big family like I was, mm-hmm. and they had this really big nice house, and it was just always just chaos. I mean, it wasn't like um, hoarders dirty, but it was just always looked like a bunch of kids lived there. Yeah, right? and so I would I would go over, and um, we want to play games or you know do stuff, and I I was like I had to clean the house <laughs> before we could do anything. You had to I put on like the little like, like the house butler outfit. Yeah, I was just start cleaning, and I would just organize and clean the house, and and it was funny because his his mom was like, "You can tell Rodney he can come over anytime he wants." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was. There are certain type of kids that the parents want to come yes, over. Like, was, he's a good enough kid. Yeah, well, he cleans. He uses coasters. He's good.
2: Yeah, I I had one gal at uh, one mom that uh, her only complaint was. Uh, She didn't like the way I put the 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 glasses away because I would I always put the glasses in upside down with the Mm. but they preferred to have the cups up (laughs) so that you could just reach up and you know I thought that was weird.
0: I can't imagine someone having a problem with you going over and doing doing the dishes and like you're fucking up.
2: well, could you just put the dishes? You know, so <laughs> up.
0: what changed? How did that change in your mind? How did um, you? I I
2: I think I just I I just I realized that it was you know, I was becoming obsessive like too much, mm. and so I the way I stopped myself was I, I just thought because I lived I shared a broom with my three brothers two older and one younger, and you know they thought it was great because I was just constantly cleaning the hat. Ra- cleaning the room and but it got to the point where i'd obsessed about right i I could not go to sleep at night unless everything was in its proper place and uh, i remember i was i was just organizing one night and i I could not sleep you know and um, i i finally was just like look i i can't i can't keep doing this i can't be like this and uh so i just thought okay for one week i'm not going to clean anything and um, and, th- and I would just do anything else other than clean. So I'd read, I'd go out, play, whatever. And, um, it took a, took a couple of weeks, but finally I kind of broke myself. I mean, I didn't become a slob. That wasn't the point. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that by now, <laughs> uh, but the idea of just having things not organized was, I was like, okay, just let that go. Cause it, like I said, it's, it's good to be organized, but when it becomes obsessive, yeah. That then, I mean, I literally, I would get to the point where I couldn't sleep if I knew that there was dirty dishes out in the kitchen or if there was something on the, wasn't, you know, properly placed in the front room. I mean, it was just, I was nuts.
0: But that think. mentality is probably also the obsessive mentality used later in life that made you successful.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it was just, it, it was, it was learning how to channel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that that yeah, I, th- I think that that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people think it's a disorder. It's like no, you you weren't broken. You know, when you have you know what you think is mental disorders, it's not really that you're broken. It's just sort of like you're too hyper focused in one thing, and it's it's overshadowing everything else. At least that's how I saw it in myself. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, I had you know, I have family members who. And all all kinds of you know, you know, I'm Valium and all the all, all the drugs.
0: Do you have advice for someone that might be dealing with that, like how you broke it and how you channel your energy?
2: Well, first of all, it's just accepting and saying, hey, "Okay, I'm not I'm not broken. Um, I'm just I'm just overly focused on in in one aspect, mm-hmm. and." And just knowing that your subconscious brain is not an enemy to you. It's, it's just doing whatever you tell it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you keep telling it that things need to be in order, need to be in order, well, then it goes, oh, okay, we got to put everything in order all the time. And so it's going to do that. But when you tell it, no, it's, you know, to, to tell it to prioritize. It's like, this is more important than that. And then, you know, getting, getting the order is what's important. And and learning how to talk to your subconscious and how to control your subconscious. That really is the, the key to all of this.
0: Mm-hmm. I I work on meditation heavily to try to oh, do that. Oh,
2: that's great. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: I I think we think very similarly. And that's why I'd love to hear the origin story of how you your first video that got a lot of views was in June of twenty twenty. Yes. The same time that the same month that I started this podcast. June oh. of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there's a, what were you saying?
2: Synchronicity.
0: (laughs) We could say that, but I think there's a bigger point in it hearing you talk. And it's, there was a big population or maybe a small population that had drive that wanted to do something important, but the world was too loud around them. Uh Uh-huh. And then when the pandemic hit, it kind of quieted down and certain amount of people were able to use that and harness that quietness for something positive.
2: Absolutely. Well, and you know, that was at that point in time, you know, it'd been going on for a couple months and everybody was getting more negative and negative all the time. Especially, you know, a lot of my comedian friends, everybody was doing complaint videos and. Angry at these and angry at that and, you know, fighting over masks and, you know, all that all that stuff was going on. Then George Floyd came along. And, in fact, my video um, really was me trying to explain the George Floyd riots without offending anyone. That was the whole kind of... <laughs> silliness behind it because um, I had a friend who had posted say hey anybody got an opinion about what's going on right now because you know at that point everybody had an opinion yeah. so he was making fun of that and so other people had posted stuff and I started writing something and I said nah I need to do a video and um, so I just uh, I was like was getting ready to go to the airport fly back to Utah for for, for a gig back there and we, we were the club back there in um, at wise guys was doing uh, um, zoom shows. And if you remember the, that craziness, yeah. but we would actually do them on stage. We would, so the cameras and oh that's go. pretty cool and it was just a bunch of comics get together and we would do a live zoom show
0: <laughs> i did one zoom show and i live with my mom so i had to go out of my car <laughs> and i was doing it sitting in the driver's seat of my no i think i got in the back seat of my car <laughs> i'm sitting in the back seat of my car telling jokes to the phone <laughs> and i'm like i can't do
2: this again oh yeah it was it was it was insane <laughs>
0: so you went back out to utah so i was getting ready man. to
2: fly and waiting for my wife to come out through the card so i see that on facebook and so i thought oh, i'm gonna make a video so i just went out here on the side of the house to the trees and and uh i c- kind of went into my character and made the video
0: had you ever done that character before oh yeah yeah
2: he, he had i'd really been started to really work on him once the pandemic started going you know because i'm like oh my god everything got canceled so i'm like i'm sitting at home like everybody else what am i gonna do with myself And i didn't want to you know, getting involved with the whole nastiness and getting complained. I was just like, I just want to do something silly and have fun. And so I'd started doing some videos about it and having some more fun with it. It was I was getting some traction with it, but this one video in particular, it was just, uh, you know, I do it. And it was one of those moments where as soon as I was done, I thought this is the stupidest thing ever. (laughs) And I was like so close to just deleting it. Right? I mean, I was really just thinking about, no, nah, I shouldn't share this. And I thought, "Now nah, go ahead. And so I put it as a comment to his, his question. And uh, it got like uh, uh, six likes <laughs> is we you know, driving to the airport. And I'm going, oh, and I'm thinking, I think this is funnier than, you know. I kind of had that moment. I was like, I think there's something to it. I think this is funny. So I went ahead and posted it as a regular post And, um, by the time we got to Boston to the airport, it was up to like a couple hundred, hundred views, which was, you know, pretty good at that point in time. I mean, if I could get 30 views on anything, I was tickled, you know? So it was like a couple hundred views. Like, all right, right, here we go, man. I hit a thousand views. Yeah. (laughs) Well, by the time we got on the plane, we had a layover in Dallas to get to Dallas. It was like a 10,000 views. And I'm just like, wow, this well,
1: is
2: cool.
0: I don't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but to fly to Utah, you had a layover in yes, Dallas. It's, <laughs> I'm my sorry. wife.
2: Well, my wife, she just is always looking for the best deals on flights. <laughs> and if she can save ten bucks, that means that we have to fly for four and a half extra hours. That's a win to her. So I just, I've just learned to just whatever she books, I just go with it. I don't. I'm like. Whatever, darling. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just happy that she handles it. Uh, just, uh, I'll just I will just I'll just do it. So we had the layover in Dallas. And it was like ten thousand views. Oh, this is good. Well, by the time we got from Dallas to Salt Lake, it was at a hundred thousand. This is like in twenty four hours. And then it hit a million within a week. Wow. And then just kept Go and go, and then a um, bunch of people. You know, as soon as you have anything that kind of goes viral, all these people will come in, steal your video, and repost it as theirs. I had a bunch of people doing that and just re-meming it and everything. And from that, um, we figured out that the the total reach of that video was over three hundred million worldwide. Wow! With all the different variations of it, so, it's like
0: almost everyone in America watched it.
2: It's yeah, <laughs> at some point in time, whether they really wanted to or not. So it, it just went just gangbusters.
0: Why do you think that was?
2: Um, I think because everybody was so tense and just, um, just worked up, you know, cause like I said, the George Floyd riots were going on. So we had all these, that going on, then we had COVID and, you know, just, the, uh, you know, plus we were, you know, going into, uh, the election, it was an election year. So it was just, everybody was just super tight, tense Yeah, with everything. And here comes along this just this, you know, knucklehead dude. It's uh, like, a, you know, some stoner standing out in the middle of the woods. I kicked over yourself, Oh, we're good. And um, <clears throat> it just struck a nerve because it was so silly and just so ridiculous. And uh, it just struck a nerve with people. And uh, I, I've had people tell me, they said, yeah, that was the first time during the pandemic that they felt like everything was going to be all right. It's like, we're going to be all right. This this is all silly. We're gonna get through this, and that's really was that was kind of my my point is that you know because at the point we're talking about this is the apocalypse, the end of the world's coming. Jesus is coming back. We're we're all gonna you know Agenda Twenty One, and we're all gonna become part of the new world order, and Satan's gonna rule, and and the reptilians are coming. You know, all that's going on. And I'm just like, calm down, people.
0: Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Infused Productions. Anyone who likes good weed, good music, and good people needs to check out Infused Productions. And make sure to come to one of their upcoming shows, always featuring your favorite cannabis vendors and growers. Also, don't forget to come join the Grumpy Cup in Greenfield, Mass, July 8th and 9th. For a comedy show, cannabis competition, barbecue competition, and exotic car show. Make sure to hit up Infuse Productions on IG, Facebook, or go to InfuseProductions.com. That's I-N-F-U-Z-E-D Productions.com. Or if you want to check out The Grumpy Cup, go to TheGrumpyCup.com. Let's get back into
2: it. This This is not the end of the world. Yeah. This is not Revelations. This is just, just chill out.
0: But about people wanting to scare themselves, I think people think we're way more important than we are as like where we are in time. Oh, like yeah, they like, yeah. we're the ones who kill the world. We're so yeah, important. We're, we're the ones like, we're no, rich. it's going to be thousands of years, hundreds of thousands yes. of years from now. We're not that important.
2: Earth has been around for 13 million years and I'm, we're going to take it out in two <laughs> generations. <Woo-hoo! laughs>
0: it doesn't, but do you get what I was saying about that point where it's like all this stuff and you just wanted to do what you wanted to do? Yeah, you I wanted just, to I, just be who you were. Yeah,
2: I just wanted to just do me and, and do the characters and just be silly. And, and I've had other comedians who have seen me you know, do it on on, on stage and, and they're always telling me, oh, you're smarter than this. I'm going, I don't care. I don't care if people think I'm smart. I don't care. I just, yeah. I just want to entertain people and have fun. And if I could do it with a fun, positive message, even the better, you know, it's like as, and I, look. I've been, uh, you know, uh, ignored by a lot of people cause thought I was just some you know, goofball nut. Which is fine. I don't care. I'm not, I've never been one of the cool kids. You know what I mean? And I, I'm not going to try to fit in.
0: Do you still feel that?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I've always felt like an outsider in everything that I've done everywhere I go. And, and cause I'm an anomaly in comedy because you know, I have a wife who supports me and um, a family. I, I don't, I'm not neurotic. I'm not, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not using comedy as therapy. Yeah. <laughs> i am just, I just literally just want to tell jokes and make people feel good and, and be happy. You know, and and yeah, I'm not your typical, you know, comic to hang out with. So, I guess I guess a lot of people don't think I'm a good hang because I'm, I I don't know, I'm just too weird. I guess.
0: I asked if you feel that because some people would think having so many followers makes you feel something, but no, it doesn't. You're just on your own path.
2: Well, I mean, it's it's been really cool to meet people and I get convers I have conversations with people all the time and I have people that seem, you know, I get recognized in the public all the time and people want to talk and get pictures and I love it. I just I love meeting everybody. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to um everything else, I do enjoy just being alone. You know? Yeah. And it's not that I hate people. I just enjoy being by myself.
0: do you feel fulfilled now?
2: i I would say that I've felt fulfilled before. I mean this mm. was this is sort of feels like a bonus. I mean i I've had a really great life. I've had an amazing woman. Oh, my kids are all just incredible. You know, I've always been able to pay my bills. I've been uh, relatively healthy. I mean, I've had my setbacks, but uh, I, I've never really focused on the difficulties that I've had in life. And I've, I've, I've been through a lot of weird stuff and a lot of difficult things, but I don't let that control my life. You know what I mean? It's like I tell people, you you can't change the past, but you can change the way you view the past. You can change the way you feel about the past. You can change the way you think about it. You know, so you can put those things behind you and move on. And so I've always had that with me. Um, you know, I, I love stoicism, the, the philosophy of stoicism, because when I first really started studying it and reading about it, I realized this is the way I already see the world. This is the way I was when I was a kid.
0: Would you explain that stoicism? Well, well
2: stoicism really the the basic tenet is the i of the of of the whole thing is that um. There are things that you can control, and there's things that you can't. And if you can't control them, there's no reason to be upset or bothered about them. They're just going to be what they're going to be. What you do have control over is your own thoughts and feelings about these things. And if you focus on that, you focus on what you do have control over, you're much happier. And if you're not so um, bent been out of shape over what's going on in the world. It's like I remember during a... I was talking to a gal online, a fellow comic, and we're, um, we were we were debating back and forth about politics. Not not in a mean way, but you know, she sees the world differently than I do. But I still value her because she's very smart, very funny, interesting person. And um, when her side lost, you it was like devastation. She was like, "Oh!" And then when my side lost, she's like, "Are you okay, Rodney?" I'm like, "Yeah, I don't care." Who's in the White House has no bearing on my life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like
0: it's, the alien coming down.
2: Your life yeah, <laughs> isn't going to change. I, yeah, yeah. not going to change anything. Yeah, and so I don't. You know, I don't. I mean, I I love sports. I love, you know, NASCAR. I love football. I love basketball, and you know, I'm a jazz fan since I was a kid. I was I was in Utah when the Jazz moved to Utah. I mean, I was I just you know just since they came to Utah, <laughs> I've been a jazz. I'm just. I joke. thought
0: you meant the music until you said Utah. I was like, jazz. we could have a jazz talk. I love
1: no, jazz. No, no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> and um, but you know when they finally got to the finals and lost, you know I was just like, eh, well, yeah, okay. Mm. I mean, I don't. I don't feel devastated when things don't. But go do you way.
0: feel like that's who you are, or do you think that's something that you are able to develop? Well, over I think time? It's,
2: it's really developed because you know you get disappointed when you're when you're younger. You know things you, things don't go your way, or you know when I I didn't get first place at the Pinewood Derby. You know, you feel like your whole world is going to fall apart. You know what I mean? Especially when you're a kid, because it's so everything is so magnified when you're a kid. Yeah. But being able to just learn that, you know, win lose, no one no one notices, no one cares. I mean I remember one time looking at an almanac when I was a kid and reading about who won the World Series in like nineteen twenty two. And um I don't even remember who it was. And um I thought, no one cares. And I thought, who who wins the World Series this year? No no one cares. And, I, and I'm like I remember uh later you know when i was a kid i wanted to know everybody who won everything the championships of everything and after a while i realized that – uh i i remember one time it was like uh december and i thought who won the world series this year and i'm thinking i don't even remember who played in the world series this year and i'm th- and it was just it was just funny cuz it was like it was one of those weird moments as a kid where i was going I don't think I really care. It's not all that important who wins or whatever. Yeah. And it just, it just, it was just sort of this weird moment where it was like, it doesn't matter. No. You know?
0: No. It's kind of like when you're a comedian, you see comedians or anybody, like musicians, become like a prima donna of something that the show doesn't go well. And it's like, it, at the end of the day, it's just another day for the audience that is living a life to enjoy their night for yeah. someone they like. It isn't like you're not the star of the show.
2: Even if you are the star.
0: Even the if show. you are the star you're of the show, not. it's really just another night to the audience that they're either going to leave and be like, Oh, I enjoyed that <laughs> night or, Oh, that night fucking suck. And I just wasted $150 on a babysitter tickets, dinner, <laughs>
2: uh, drinks, you know? Yeah, that's one thing I always tell comics. I said they're, the audience is having a different experience than you are. So us as comics, we thinking, "Oh, I'm dying." This audience is horrible. Meanwhile, they're sitting there going, "Having the greatest time of their life," because they're not paying attention to the audience. They're just listening to you.
0: I can't listen to my podcast. I hate my podcast. I can't listen to myself talk. I can't, like, when I cut clips, I have to, like, fast forward to <laughs> see to see where someone's smiling, and I was like, okay, I'll cut that as a clip. Like, I hate it, but other people enjoy it, and I, like, don't understand that.
2: Oh, I understand exactly what you're saying, because I can't watch myself do stand-up at all. <laughs> I can't watch my videos... <laughs> but other I, I people mean, love those. yes they do <laughs> and i'm like I, look i don't get it i mean it's funny because you know every, you get trolls every once in a while and and uh and the more videos you get that that do well you get the more trolls right it's just part of the thing yeah and um i, I find myself just like uh, uh people say i can't stand this guy uh uh how can anyone sit and listen to this and i would I would go in there and say, "I totally agree with you. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on here. I just turn the camera on, I talk, and then I post it and people watch it. I don't get it either <laughs> <It's> the <same laughs> way, <know>? yeah <laughs> and uh now it's 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 a fun thing, but no it's, you think it's the vulnerability probably well, you know i i tell I tell people when you start doing stand up. You know, the thing people will tell you is you got to learn to relate to your audience. I think that's the dumbest advice ever. Until
0: that's- I have an audience over 50 and they don't know any of my
2: references. <laughs> well, it's like I tell people, you're not here to relate to them because you're never going to accomplish yeah. Mm-hmm. What you can do is get all of them to relate to you. Yes. That's your job as a comedian. You bring them into your world. You show them around. How you see the world and what you're experiencing. You know, and when you learn how to do that, it doesn't matter what the audience is. You know that you can get them. Because again, you're not trying to go out and get the audience. You're getting the audience to come to you. How long have you been doing stand up? Be twenty six years in November.
0: Wow. Any breaks?
2: Um No, I mean, there, there, there was a while for a few years where I just kind of thought of it as more of a hobby because I'd only get on stage like two or three times a month. Okay. And that a lot of, well, I did this, this six week run one time back in like 2004 where I was just gone for weeks at a time, months. And, um, I remember sitting there in a hotel room in Billings, Montana, you know, and, um, Talking to the kids on the phone and stuff, and and I just I just thought, what am I doing to myself? This is this is silly. I've got a wife and kids. I'm like, I'm not going to get discovered performing in a bar in Billings, Montana, right? And uh, I thought, when I was on stage, I was happy and I loved performing and I was enjoying it. But you know, then I go back to you know some seedy motel. You know, shag rug carpeting, and you know, yeah, plumbing fixtures from the '60s, and I'm going, what am I doing? Because the nicer
0: hotel you get, the less you're getting paid. That's yes, how it works. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and uh, I just thought this. I I, I don't I don't want to be a road comic. I was just like, I like my family too much, and I, and I thought, you know, if I'm gonna hit success, when uh, it comes, great. If not. I love doing stand up, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up everything else in my life for it. So I just uh, I finished that run, and then I just basically just did local stuff. I would do little runs from here and there, but uh, not I wasn't uh, just being full time road comic. I just I just like I can't do this right now, and so I decided that I really wouldn't pursue comedy until my kids were all grown up. So when my youngest kid turned eighteen. I uh, I really started getting out there and started, you know, started really pushing towards it. And uh, I was, I mean, that was the thing when uh, 20, uh, 2020 came along. That was looking to be one of my best comedy years I've had in years because I had had, uh, you know, because I could travel now. I could go and do the stuff. And I wasn't missing out on being a part of my kids' lives because they were, they got their own lives. They were on moving on so I could move on. And, uh, I had all this stuff worked out, all this stuff planned. And I was just, I was really excited. I was getting back on the road. I was getting in with clubs and then 2020, you know, the, the whole pandemic thing started and, uh, it was all gone. And so I'm sitting there thinking, well, now what do I do? And that's when I started focusing on the videos.
0: I'm not sure if it was before the podcast or if we had talked about it when the cameras were rolling, but you were saying that people come out to you now. That are there to see you. Oh, yeah. There to see you. But you stayed down for that happened to like 23 years.
2: Yes. It took uh, it took a long time. When I said it was just, you know, the videos, you know, people, when but, they know who you are and there's a familiarity, there's. They, yeah,
0: but you could have had a video pop and then be like, ooh, I want to do stand up. But you had 23 years of stand-up yeah,
2: under I was your belt. Of, see, and that's, well, that's one of the things that I've been having with some of the clubs. You know, we, we tell them, hey, I've got this big social media presence. And their first reaction is like, oh, no, another one of these people. Because there's a lot of people who start, who have become really big because of social media. But then when you go to their live show, you know, they're like, hey, so what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, oh, dude, this is this is grueling.
0: I always know it's going to be a tough show when there's a Q and A at the end. Of yes, it.
1: yes. When they have to do a Q and A, it's like, oh,
2: what are we doing? We're burning clock. That's what we're doing. This is, uh, hey, I have writer's block. Um, but no, uh, you know, when I go, so when the it's it's kind of funny because a lot of people who come and see me, they've never been to stand up comedy. So they'll come and I'll I'll be their first show. So they really don't know what to expect, and they're usually they're they're blown away because yeah they're expecting me to just get there and go, hey see everybody. So I made this video, you know. Um, but but you like, You know the art of it. Yeah, I just get there. They're doing stand up and they're just you know I've had a lot of people come and go. I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Did- so it's 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 fun. It's fun watching them just kind of be blown away.
0: Do people ever get mad that you don't just do the character?
2: Not the ones who come out. They've usually have seen that, you know, cause I've never, I didn't, I didn't want to become a uh, Larry, the cable guy,
0: Andrew dice clay type thing. Yeah. yeah I didn't exactly. want
2: to, I didn't want to have to be that character. I wanted to show that, look, I'm capable of being this character. But I'm also capable of a lot of other stuff.
0: That's probably why you're more successful.
2: Yeah, because I did. I really. I didn't want to be tied to that character as that's all I do. Yeah. And I, yeah, I've had people who, you know, they find out that it's a character and they get mad at me and go, oh, "I feel deceived. or uh, You're terrible." You know, and I'm like, "I, I I'm, thanks." <laughs> that
0: just means you're a good actor. That's exactly how I tell <laughs> it. I'm like, <laughs>
2: I appreciate the compliment. You know, I'm such a great actor. You were convinced it was real. Whereas other people who, there's other people who do characters, but you could tell it's a character. I mean, you're not sitting there going, is this for real? You watch it and go, oh, it's a character. Yeah. But people don't do that with me. They're they're like, you know, they're kind of taken back when they find out that I'm.
0: You were talking like, about. Act yeah. You were talking about the origin of it, of uh-huh. your character. And then you were saying that you don't do comedy for like therapy reasons. is the character therapeutic for you, or do you just <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i guess I guess I do to some degree therapy yeah Well, the character the
0: one, you were talking about how it was based off your grandfather
2: yeah my grandfather was uh um he had a lot of faults, and he was an alcoholic um to the point i mean he would first thing in the morning get up start drinking, you know he was just always but he was he was usually just kind of buzzed but he was always drinking but he was funny he was really funny and um he was always teasing us uh, me and my cousins my brothers and sisters and i just i always felt a really strong connection to him because of just you know through humor cuz he was just so funny to me and he would tell me stories you know i'd sit in the kitchen table and just listen to him talk for hours about being a railroad engineer and about being a kid and just, you know, growing up through the depression and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought he was the funniest dude, but I knew, you know, he would get too drunk and then we would have to leave. And there were, there were times I remember going to visit my grandparents. My mom would go in and see, to check, to see how drunk grandpa was. And if he was too drunk, then we would, go get an ice cream and go to the park. Um, if he was just tipsy, then we'd go and visit. You know, I yeah. remember that as a kid. And um, I always had this this weird just fascination with him. And as I got older, I was doing a show in, we were in Coeur Idaho, right? And there was a snowstorm coming through that was just hitting the whole area. We had a show down by Boise the next night, well, in order to get down there, we had to um leave We had to get up like four thirty in the morning from that gig me and the other guy was Jerry Corley comic from l a and we took his car and went to leave so early early in the morning, get down there, and, you know and I'm driving and it was it was um just wide out connection. Uh, conditions at times i mean it was just snow ice everywhere and a lot of times we're going down these roads there's no plows like misery yeah i mean it's it's a nasty storm so we're kind of on edge the whole way all day long we're in the storm well we could get to the gig just uh like 30 minutes before showtime and so we're both just kind of you know a little frazzled and uh so we go check into the hotel and uh, we head back over to the to the room and it's packed. I mean, there's there's a lot of people there and I got to do a half hour. I was just the opener of thing. I got to do a half hour and uh, I just was mentally just eh, kind of exhausted and I'm trying to get myself psyched up for the show. And that's when I thought I'm just going to do this as my as my grandpa <laughs> when he was drunk because he would just. And so that's when I started started doing the doing that character and it was funny because i only did about 15 minutes of material in 30 minutes because it was going so well i mean it was just it was just funny and uh afterwards i was like okay all right so let's start doing a little more with this and um i would do it um at times and i had a lot of comics who would tell me oh don't do that you're smarter than this. And the, you know, I'm going, I'm just, I don't care. I'm just being a knucklehead. Right. So yeah. I'd kind of, I'd get away from him. Then I would do it from time to time. And then, uh, finally, uh, one day, uh, it was many years, it was like, I think about 2015, I was on Instagram and a friend of mine who was also a comic was doing, uh, this, uh, these, uh, guru videos, you know, he was trying to be, a, you know, an influencer, trying to be a life coach. Seriously? It, seriously. <laughs> and he's a good, he's a good dude. I mean, he's, he's got a podcast now and he's had like several different versions and he has a whole business where he helps business people develop their own podcasts and he's doing, he's, he's a successful guy. Right. But he was making the, he made this video where he's like leaning in the hallway in his, in his house and he's like, Hey, do you feel like you need to be successful? Uh, or do you, uh, you need permission to be happy or um, to be successful? Well I'm, well, I'm here to give you permission to be successful and to be happy. You deserve to be happy. And you know what? You don't need my permission. The only per- permission you need is your permission. And uh, something to that effect. And I remember just laughing. Thinking, this Because th- you know, part of me is like, hey, you know, he's being really positive. He's delivering a good message. <laughs> But nobody's listening to this guy. Because, I, and the thing is, is he, he lives in this big, beautiful home. He drives a Ferrari. His wife is successful. He's successful. He's got this great body. He's got a great tan. You know, he just, he travels all over the world. I mean, he's just, he's living a wonderful life. And he's making these, this video. And I'm going, no one's paying attention to this dude. <laughs> And that's when it struck me. I was like, "That's it, my drunk grandfather as the world's worst life coach." And that's where I started making the videos, where just you know, just kind of this out there, discombobulated <laughs> life coach. And and he would, I I thought, I'm just going to be complete opposite of what everybody else is doing. In fact, I I went and I read how to be successful on YouTube. And I did everything opposite, did everything wrong on purpose. Like what? Like uh, they tell you to be, um, you know, to write your script and have it perfect. You want to have it, you know, have it have succinct, you know, and just perfect. And your lighting perfect, your sound perfect. You want to look good, you know, have this in the background, all these things. And I thought, I'm going to do all this wrong. So I, would, I was doing stuff. Um, My hair's a mess. Uh, You know, um, I'm messing up. I I would uh, have the um, camera off in a weird angle. (laughs) The audio screwed up. Um, It was funny. I was doing one video one time where um, in the middle of it, I started coughing really hard. And I was thinking, okay, I'll have to redo this video. And then as I'm thinking that, I thought, character doesn't care he doesn't care and so i finished coughing and then without making no acknowledgement of the cough whatsoever just picked up right where i was at and, st- and just started going keep going with the video and it was one of those moments when i turned off the camera i just it was everything gave me to, to not laugh you know what i mean until yeah. they turned off the tell they finally stopped the video i was just like it started busting gut i was like oh that was funny and so i thought i'll leave that in and so that from that point on um, a lot of these videos, you know, I shoot them in one take and I'll listen to them and it's not perfect. You know, I kind of mess up the words or, and everything. And I thought, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. And so most, all the videos I do are usually just one, the first take, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, something will happen that I'm just like, uh, I don't like that and redo it. But typically it's just one shot, I just do it. Cause I want it to just be raw and, and that's why you listen. Sometimes uh, there's cars going by, you know, there's just all kinds of chaos happening. And and then I started looking also for just weird places to do the videos. <laughs> so like, at first I was doing picturesque places and then I started doing stuff in front of dumpsters. Cause you know how you always, you want to make a video and you want to have it picture perfect and everything. And I was like, I want to find the worst place to do this video, and that's where I'm going to do it at.
0: It's funny that you say that, because look at how this podcast is shot. That's the same mentality I have. I almost was like, damn, your hand's covering your face, but I don't care. Like That's why before I didn't care about the mic stands or where it was. Yeah, I think a lot of people put too much thought into the, the not what they're actually doing, but the like... Oh, I need the best cameras. I need this to look the best. I need to make it part. And it's like, well, you know, at least that's not what I want.
2: Yeah. You know, I was telling, I, 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 I spoke at my uh, nephew's, um, audio visual class. He was in junior high and they, um, they were the, 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 uh, the teacher asked me, you know, come in and just kind of talk about, um, what it's like to, you know, be in the industry i guess and i'm just like okay i'm not that much (laughs) okay whatever but you know i've done tv i've done movies i've done you know different stuff and the thing i was telling them i said look you kids um need to understand that you have more available to you than in any point in time in history i said when i was your age to be able to get a camera was a huge deal to get any kind of a camera to be able to shoot something with was a huge deal. You know, all, that was something that only rich people had video cameras. And now you've got a phone that you can film everything on. You don't need a red one. You don't need all this big fancy stuff. You got everything you need right there in the, in the palm of your hand. And that's all you need because the most important thing is the actual story that you're telling. People will put up with bad video. They'll put up with bad audio. They'll put up with not having great acting. But if the story is interesting and compelling, they'll watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your content. It's, what, it, it's it's the core. It's what what is it exactly people are coming for. They'll put up with everything else to get that story. That's more important than anything else. All this other stuff is nice. It's It's an add-on you know sure you want to be able to f- have beautiful cinematography and everything but if it's not telling a story if it's just there to be pretty people don't care about it yeah and, and that's more true now than ever i mean cuz we're all we all see the pretty pictures and the great edits and everything but if it's not compelling and interesting no one's going to watch it
0: we were being dumb before about the ghosts and shit about like scaring yourself but I think that pertains into what we're talking about now, how people scare themselves into not doing something with what oh. they have.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the, there's always that. It's uh, like,
0: what are people going to think? What, how it, what if it doesn't look right? What if it doesn't sound right? What, like, people scare themselves like it was a fucking ghost on some real <laughs> shit. You know, being like, ooh, what's so spooky? You're going to get haunted by posting a video of yourself? Like, no, that's not what happens. Yeah. It took me like a week to post the first episode. <laughs> to, like, just click the button, you know? And it's like, am I be like, what's going to, is a demon going to, it's not the fucking book of evil, you know what I mean? Yeah. like
2: it's a, Well, you know, it was funny because, uh, oh, I remember one of my early uh, classes for uh, when I was getting into acting, you know, when I was like, I think it was a, I think it was my uh, high school, it was like a freshman in high school. And uh, the drama coach, his name was Kim Brower. I remember this dude. He was just a really cool dude. And uh, we were rehearsing our scenes and stuff. And um, really wasn't working. Um, we were having some issues. And he said, he goes, you know what? I want you to try something. I said, instead of trying to get all into the right emotions and everything, I want you to do the complete opposite of what you think your character needs to be doing. Complete opposite. I want you to do it all wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we started doing. And we were trying to just make each other laugh the entire time in this really serious scene. And so as we're doing it, um, I remember we're everything we could to not laugh made it look like we were having this very intense, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. And so by trying to do the opposite, we accomplished what we were trying to, to do. um, and it was just—it was an important lesson because it was like, oh, you know, too often we have this perfect idea of what we're we're trying to do. And it's like, no, make it messy. It doesn't need to be perfect. In fact, if it's perfect, it's wrong. Yeah, and that's the, the true with stand up. You know, if you're too polished, the audience is kind of like, eh, eh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it, it's, it comes, but if. They feel they want to feel like you're right there with them, that you're in that moment, that it's new it's real. And so I if I screw up while well, I'm doing it, you know, that's that's one thing when you watch yourself doing standing you go, Oh, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong, oh I can't believe I did this. But from the audience perspective, they don't know and they don't care. Yeah. You know, the fact that you missed one of your tags or that you 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 did the setup a little bit wrong, they don't care. As long as it's funny, they could care less. Right, and so that whole idea of just be willing to do it wrong, and just do it, and don't and don't don't worry about perfection because perfection's a silly thing to pursue anyway. But just do it and just get it out there. And as you're doing it, you're going to get better. And th- th- whether you're doing stand up or you know learning an instrument or a new job or podcasting, whatever it is, just start doing it and you'll get better. How old were you when you first got on stage? Um, we used to when uh me and my cousins and my brothers and sisters we used to put on shows for my grandparents and uncles all the and uncles and aunts all the time. So the first time I ever performed, I was uh 5 and I did a lip sync uh thing to uh Crocodile Rock. <laughs> And we did a whole, we would do big numbers. I mean, I was decked out with funky sunglasses and a feather boa and all that crazy stuff. And my cousins were, brothers and sisters were behind me playing, you know, pretending to be doing instruments and dancing with me. And, and it was ridiculous. And I remember the first time I did it, I, I got up there and I started hammering it out. And uh, just watching my grand, grandma laugh, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I was always trying to get into productions all through school and I wanted to do stand up. I just I loved watching When
0: did you take that seriously?
2: <laughs> um it took uh it took a long time. You know, I did I started doing improv and sketch because I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live when I was a kid. And that was my my big thing.
0: You could still I, get there.
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm so far
1: out of there. Sorry.
2: You know what we need? We need a we need a we need an old white guy. That's what we need on the show. I'm sure that's what they're looking for right now. And um uh but uh it, it was funny cuz I'd kind of felt like the you know I'd been auditioning for things and just nothing was happening. And so I, did, I was in the. I went to the Marine Corps. And I came. I, I got married while I was in the Marine Corps. And my wife. I used to do all these silly things for her, just making her laugh all the time, and she just kept pushing me. You need to do stand up. So you've
0: been married longer than you've done stand up.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the reason I got into stand up was because she just kept pushing. me. She was like, it, "It was a weird moment because I was like, well, I just I feel like I got to work to pay the bills and take care of the family." She goes like. I can make money. You need to do stand-up. Really? And she says, it's it's what you need to be doing. And
0: um, I was going to ask you earlier how you successfully be a stand-up and have a family, but that's the answer right that there. Was, that's the answer right it, there,
2: she, yeah. It was, it was her idea. I mean, I But the always support system, the support, having yes, someone just having, su- having yeah. someone that's on your side and says this, So when, because you know, when you start, especially when you start, you got to just get on stage everywhere and any, any chance somebody will give you three minutes, you're going to take it. You know, when I first started doing, I was, in, we were just, we lived outside of Kansas City and I'd have to drive, you know, a couple hours to go to Kansas City to do comedy. And my wife was 100% behind me going, you know, I'd have to drive there, pay ten ten dollar cover, and have a two drink minimum to do two minutes, three minutes. That's
0: what you have to do
2: because that's what you do.
0: I lived on Cape Cod and would work an eight hour day, drive two hours to do a four minute mic, drive back, work another day, drive two hours to go to Boston, drive back. Do yeah. like that's how I started for that's, years.
2: Yeah, that's how that's how I was doing it. Then, uh, um. I did, I remember I did two open mics at the club in the actual comedy club in, in in Kansas City. And one of the other comics came up to me and he says, hey, look, you know, you're, I think you're pretty funny. And you've only been doing it for, you know, what, how, two times? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, look, if you really want to get better, what you need to do is go and set up your own shows. I said, go out, find. Find a bar nearby and tell them you'll bring a comedy show in and that, um, um, no cover. And you'll bring comics and they'll get people to come to the bar and you tell them just give them free drinks and whatever. And so you'll start setting up shows. UMC, you, you get some of these guys who've been doing it for a while. They're starting to feature. They've got like 15, 20 minutes. You tell them they can come and do the show and, um, headline and, Uh, Tell them, you know, pay them $15 $15 for gas, and they'll come. So I started doing that. I went to bars in the town that I was living in. It was Warrensburg. It was a college town, so there was a bunch of bars and stuff. And I went and talked, got three of them set up, and we would do shows on uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And so all these comics would come out from Kansas City, drive out two hours to Warrensburg, to do these shows and you know sometimes I got money sometimes I didn't and if I got money I shared it with everybody and I remember um there's uh, many times that uh there's one in particular I remember this guy I handed him $15 he goes what's this for and I said well you know I got um they gave me some money and so I was just dividing up amongst everybody who came out so it's not a lot but you know the help with gas, he goes, He goes, You understand this? He says, I've been doing comedy for three years, it's the first time I've ever been paid. And uh, and I was just like, Well, I'm glad to get to be the first one to pay you, you know? yeah. And, and it was funny because it was like this this moment of just I finally getting paid to do comedy, you know. It was,
0: I remember my first moment, yeah. Looking back can you put yourself in like the mindset of where you were at that point in life?
2: Oh yeah, very easily. Yeah.
0: How does how does the journey look? Like going back in time and looking to where you are now?
2: Um beyond my wildest imagination. You know, because I because I, I got into it when I was about twenty eight, twenty nine, so I was already kind of past the curve. You know, I was already not what they were looking for. Um,
0: already too old for SNL?
2: Yeah, I was already <laughs> too old, but I loved it. You know, the first time you get on stage and you get a couple chuckles, oh, I'll never forget that. I, I used mean, a just...
0: fake ID to get into the comedy store. Oh, I really? flew to LA <laughs> at 18 years old and used a fake ID and got up in the belly room and did 60 seconds, but I have it recorded, and I did well. Oh, sweet. Like, Yeah.
2: That's awesome. That's <laughs> I
0: remember that moment, though. Yeah, like,
2: it's like, oh, just, you know. I just I, I remember they called my name and your 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 heart's just pounding.
0: You're like, can I turn around? You're and looking you, for a door. Yeah, so I'm walking up
2: there, my your mind goes blank and you're going, I forgot what I was going to say. And I got up there and I did an ad lib off of the two comics before me, because uh, the the one gal was she was this white female who her whole set was about how she only dates black men because white guys suck. Yeah, you know, like fight. damn was she took my set yeah exactly <laughs> she was really funny then the next guy was a black guy um who talked about um what his life would be like if he had boobs <laughs> you know comedy you never know and so i got up there and i st- just sort of stared at the audience for a second i go uh, i'm sorry for, uh, uh i'm just you know being a uh a white guy with boobs. I'm just not sure how to react to this. (laughs) And it got a laugh. So my first joke was an ad (laughs) lib off of the other comics. And I got a laugh and I was just like, it's like a a drug. It's like, you've never
0: done drugs or drank before, but it's kind of like that first time smoking weed.
2: (laughs) It's just that moment of just, just pure clarity of like, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. This Mm -hmm. is what my life is from now on.
0: Do you think your life just kind of happened to work out that way, or do you look at it like this was planned for you?
2: Um, I think it's just, I, I think, I I, I, think I want to believe in fate. I, I, I really do, but I know that it would never happen if it wasn't for the fact that I married the right person. You know what I mean?
0: Do you think it's fate that you guys met?
2: I do, I do. Because uh, I said she's been so supportive because, you know, when I, I started doing it and, you know, I was getting invited to go and do shows, you know, I remember one time driving to Topeka and uh, to do five minutes on this sh- weird show that I think the only reason the guy, um, this this was one of the weird things that was going on at the time, was these guys would book these shows. They would set up these shows and have you come out there. And do your best material, of course, because you're like on a real show. They would record it and say, oh, I'm going to give you a copy of it, you know. You never got a copy of it. Because what they would do is steal your material. And so... um, So you go
0: all the way out to Topeka and get five minutes stolen.
2: Get your five minutes of, of real good, of what you've been working on for months and somebody would steal it
0: imagine being such a shitty comic that you have to do that to get material oh yeah, yeah. You but, know? but it was it was uh,
2: it was a it was a big deal the, you know they're in the end of the 90s you know this was before the internet was really a thing mm-hmm. you know and so it was hard for people to uh, be able to claim somebody's stealing your material but mm-hmm. it was one of those things and um, but no you would uh, Like I said, drive to Topeka and do those and um, just wherever and any time anybody was willing to let me get up on stage, I would do it. And then, you know, people were setting up just different open mics and bars. And um, remember, you know, I've done a lot of comedy sets in front of pool tables. Oh, yeah, the worst
0: game to... That and when you (laughs) see Jenga, you're like, why the loudest games during a comedy show?
2: (laughs) Well, you know... But, but, you know, it's... (laughs) <clears throat> it was in those really bad shows. And that's where you learned how to be a comic. I
0: had people throw drinks at me. I'm oh, yeah. like a
2: Pinball machine, same thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, there, you, you never know your place in comedy until when you're in the middle of a joke and somebody asks you to move out of the way so they can get to the bathroom.
0: What are your keys to why you think your relationship was successful?
2: Um, with my wife? Yes. Uh, we've just always been really... Um, just open and honest, and just really, um, I, I I like to I like to say she's the first person that I could ever just think out loud with, if that makes sense. You know, when I didn't have to, I'd been in relationships before where it kind of, you know, your pins and needles were like, oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing, and you know, you're you're kind of editing what you're going to say. And never, I've never had to do that with her. I mean, and I think part of it was because I was getting when I first met her was just before I was going into the Marine Corps to boot camp. So I had no intention of finding a fem- I had no, I just no thought of pursuing a relationship with anybody at that point. And so I meet her and right off the bat, I wasn't trying to win her. I wasn't because I was like, there's no way. Because first of all, she was just beautiful. You know, I mean, I, I just, I was taken back when I first met her. I just, how gorgeous she was. So I thought, well, first of all, I have no, no chance at this one. And, um, two, I'm going to, I'm potentially going off to war. So I had no, I just had no illusions. That this was ever going to be a relationship. And so right off the bat, we were just started hanging out and that's all we really we doing was we had a mutual friend that introduced us. And so we were just hanging out. And I was just really open and honest about everything I thought and believed. And because I, I wasn't trying to impress anybody, I, I just because I, I thought there was no reason to try. And that just, uh, just really connected with her. And then, you know, I go off to boot camp, and then she writes to me every day while I'm in boot camp. I mean, you have no idea how incredible that is. And and it wasn't just like oh I was thinking of you today or something no I mean it was like you know I I'm I would get seven ten pages front and back that she would write these letters every day because she started writing her journal to me mm-hmm. so she would tell me about her whole day at work she was working three jobs at at the time so this was sort of the perfect relationship because she could have a relationship with somebody and not have to um stop working to do it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's just every night she would just sit down and write a letter and send it off to me every night. And so I'd get these. So all through boot camp, that's really kind of where I fell in love with her was just she was just pouring out, you know, her, her views of the world and herself and her family and, and, and how she sees the world. And, and it, just, it just connected with me. I was just like, I can't. By the time um, I got out of boot camp, I was like I can't see my life without this person. I just I just I was just just completely head over heels for her. And we've just const- we've just been like that through our whole thing, we're just open and honest. We don't re- we, we don't fight. We have disagreements, but we don't fight. You know, we we're there's always a nice give and take, but she's always been just my number one fan. You know, she's just She's taken upon herself to give me the opportunity to just do whatever I want to do, you know, to just get whatever I need. I mean, she doesn't, when I need, I tell her, hey, I need a new camera. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) You know, she's never questioned it. You know, the fact that I own a whole bunch of guitars that I don't know how to play.
0: (laughs) You don't know at all how to play this guitar.
2: I've learned three (laughs) chords and I keep forgetting them. (laughs) I've learned G, C, and D, and I still can't remember. I anyway, um, but no, she's just always just been so supportive, and I just, I cannot, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at now for, for her, because, you know, she put up, and I, I wouldn't say put up, but, you know, she was supportive of me going, you know, driving, you know, two, three hours to do three minutes in an open mic in Topeka and be gone all night. And she trusted me and she was she would support me and she would go to the shows. And, and even now, you know, she runs the website and she does the merch and she travels me with the show. So it's really, I mean, I, I don't see it as my career. I see it as our career because we're doing this together. You
0: guys are a team.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think that's a tough thing is a lot of people see relationships as like you're not playing for the same team.
2: Yeah, like you're at odds with each other, and it's like now we're we're totally, totally. Uh, and I
0: I want I thank you for talking about that because I wanted to ask about that in comedy because I think a good healthy family relationship and a comedy career don't usually go hand well, in. hand Well, you know,
2: if they're part of it, you know, if they if they see that comedy is a way for you to get away from them, or you know they or they get jealous of it, that's where I see it being a problem. Or you know, if you're the the. Um, because like <laughs> it'd be real easy for me to um, take advantage of being away from my wife i've've I've had it um, offered and and I have no interest in it and I could see that becoming appealing I've seen a lot of people destroy their marriages because they've you know, they're on the road for three weeks, and they're feeling lonely. And they think, "Oh, she'll never know." And it's like, "Yeah, she'll not know, but you'll know." Yeah, and it changes you, you know, because I've seen it over and over again. You know,
0: people don't realize what being honest with yourself means, too. Yeah, yeah. People think that they can just lie to themselves. And yeah, or it justify, won't, and it won't take a, a yeah. toll on their soul.
2: Yeah, and they convince themselves, "Well, you know." I was doing it because, you know, it makes me better. And (laughs) I just like, whatever. I I remember one time I was in the Marine Corps and uh, this guy, because, you know, everybody knew me as the religious guy. And so for whatever reason, they would come and confess to me. They're like, I need to talk to somebody. Can I talk to you about this? I'm like, "Uh, okay. Just. Just, no, I'm just a dude. I'm not, I can't absolve your sins or anything. Yeah. And uh, this guy was telling me, he says, well, I just. You are
0: ordained. I am ordained. <laughs> I saw the certificate up Is there. Is that funny?
2: <laughs> well, people as people started asking me to marry them. And through my church, you have to go through, uh, there's, there's a whole rigmarole to get approved to do a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to mess with all that so i just went and got ordained by the church of the latter day dude <laughs> now i can perform marriages anywhere but um uh, what was i saying you're
0: talking about people coming to you in the marine corps oh yeah.
2: yes and so this this guy went to, we went to thailand and um he came up to me we got back to the main base in okinawa from thailand and he goes i just wanted to tell you how how grateful how grateful i am um uh, to God, and I'm like, Oh, really? And he goes, Yeah, he says, You know, I've been married for about three years, and I was worried about coming to Okinawa and everything, and and uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I was going to remain faithful and everything. So we went to Thailand. I, I just want you to know that that uh, I had the chance to cheat on my wife, and I didn't do it, and I, I just feel really good about myself. And he's like, Oh, well good for you and he goes yeah i went to one of those massage places you know and you, you get in there and you're naked and our girl she gets naked and she's rubbing all over you and you got the oil and she's just <laughs> up and down and everything and and um uh, and she got to this point where she was gonna uh, you know uh straddling on top of me and she's like you do we we do in we do in and and, and he's like no 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 so i just had her you know rub rub me out and and uh, I was just so.
0: I like that that guys, Yeah, and so he's
2: like, well, I'm just really glad that you know I didn't cheat like, on my wife. Thank God I was faithful." Yeah. he's getting jerked and off. There, <laughs> and and I was like, "Okay, uh, okay, where's the faithful to your wife he said, Well, yeah. you know, I could I could have gone all the way with her, but I didn't do it. And uh, I felt. and I said, "Well, look, I I commend you for that. Okay, I will. I will that's that's good. But let me put it this way." If it was another dude, and the girl doing what she did was your wife, how would you feel about that? Oh, I would kill her. And I said, okay, just think about that for a while. And um, he's like, oh, whatever. So he leaves. He comes back. I see him the next day, and he goes, I see what you're saying. Now I feel terrible. And I said, well, um... You didn't go all the way. I will (laughs) I I can't abstain
0: you from this. God isn't listening to me. (laughs)
2: But you need to understand what faithful means. Yeah. Faithful is faithful. That means not even, you know. And he goes, yeah, I feel feel terrible. And he goes, do I need to tell her? I said, look, um, understand if you tell her, right, it's going to change your relationship and it might destroy it. And it will hurt her. So you always have to think: Is what am I going to tell her going to help her or hurt her? And if you think it's going to hurt her, why tell her? So you didn't go all the way. So that's that's good. But at the same time, you need to kind of put things into perspective. It's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, it was kind. It was kind of an interesting moment.
0: (laughs) That is an interesting moment. So they but, really thought you were the the guy to talk to. You were the therapist on that base.
2: Oh, it 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 was fun. It was fun because uh, yeah, that's that's because I was a little older than yeah. most of them at the time. So,
0: what's your relationship with God now?
2: Oh, very strong. I'm still very very faithful.
0: I feel that too, but I get weird talking about it.
2: Well, you know, the, the world wants you to not talk about it. You know, they make it seem like you're. You know, like you're a a brainwashed uh, dimwit if you believe in God. And to which I say you're a brainwashed dimwit um, because you've fallen for the other side. You're the same thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I heard
0: this once and I don't know where. But I heard that the most religious person and the atheist should both think the same thing. Exactly. Right before they're going to (laughs) die. Like they shouldn't be apologizing. Yes. Like, if, if you don't believe in anything, you just should be good with it. And if you do believe in something, you should be happy with what the, the life that you lived.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, really, what it comes down to, whether um, there is a God or not a God, it takes the same amount of faith to believe either way. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what your faith is in.
0: Did you have a moment where you found it, or was it always just something it's in your life?
2: It's always been... You know, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe one of those ones, that the one that I was given, was just knowing that there is a God. I've never questioned it. it just,
0: what are the gifts of the Spirit? I've never heard of that.
2: Um, it's in the Bible, uh, New Testament. Um, you put me on the spot. I have to I'm sorry, out. you don't have to. But no, there's there's the gifts of the Spirit where, you know, the, the, where it talks about like the gift of tongues, the gift of healing, um gift of knowing the truth. It's just there. There are gifts of the spirit that some people are that that everybody is given some sort of a gift, of of, you, of your spirit, and whether you accept it or not, um, is is part of your free agency. But, um, I've just always really felt a very strong connection to God, and um, just never, never had a reason to question it. You know?
0: I had a weird relationship. With a Christian God growing up, because my dad would start taking my family to church, mm-hmm. and then I found out, oh, he was just doing that because he was cheating, and he thought that oh. would be like the, like the guy, like the guy in Okinawa. He's it. like, we're going to church. It's okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it was, it was, it was funny. Like,
0: That's why I was listening to that story. So, but
2: well, it was funny. One of the things I remember my grandpa used to tell me was he said the church teaches you what to do is right but just always remember the people are still idiots. <laughs> and that was that's always struck with me. It's like I don't go to church for the for these people. I'm going there to have that connection with God, you know, but uh, yeah, I've seen people that that would, was would I that.
0: found my spirituality, religiousness, faith through hallucinogens actually, uh-huh. right. which is I know you've never done and I know it's also a reason I don't really like talking about it mm-hmm. cuz
2: well, no, I, you know, I, I mean, you can't discount anybody's experience, or whether it's, you know, because of mushrooms. No, when you find the whatever. voice, you find the voice. Yeah, when you find that connection and you have that, because, look, I've, I've seen a lot of people um, who have used, you know, DMT or or Lewiston's ayahuasca or whatever, and have had some very deeply profound experiences. And if that brings them to God, if that brings them to that, that knowledge and that understanding, I, I I got no problem with it.
0: We were talking about the uh, the moment taking yourself seriously. And I was in a dark place not taking myself seriously. It's funny you mentioned DMT because the DMT trip showed me that I had to take myself seriously and showed me that there is a path of positivity that I could follow. And in that, I found my faith. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it had anything to do with that or just sometimes you get in an awakening in your darkest moment mm-hmm. and you don't really know where that comes from. Cause in the moment I really thought it was that mm-hmm. the, the DMT trip that I went through, but looking back at it, it was a lot of tumultuous time in my life that a lot of things added up to where I found what I needed to be found. And I started the podcast, which I'm not going to be like, dmt made me start the podcast <laughs> and i found God. yeah but it made me take myself seriously in something that did allow me to open up to a wider audience and allow people allow me to feel seen because i don't think mm-hmm. i felt seen for most of my life
2: yeah feeling uh, um like you need to be validated yeah um and the first the first validation you need to receive is from yourself it sounds like your DMT experience gave you that validation yeah. when you had that. It's like it's like you finally told yourself you're worthy to take this seriously.
0: It's like what that stupid uh video that you know, that guy posted on Instagram the like you you don't need me to you know exactly right it's at the end of the day it's true it's like if you read a bumper sticker you're like that's the stupidest shit ever but then you read it in a book and you're like oh my god (laughs) but that's how it is and that's why i asked you if you were fulfilled before but you found your fulfillment in something else
2: oh yeah yeah
0: and that is probably why it led you to success
2: um I, i certainly think it has a big part of it and um And, you know, a lot of it, you know, with comedy, um, I was just thinking about this 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 morning, uh, this idea that I've always kept, was that to be great at something, um, you have to be the best at what everybody else is doing. But to become a legend, to go beyond that, you have to be willing to do what nobody else is doing. And for comedy, you know, because I like to go into topics that nobody else is talking about. So that's why I do jokes about anxiety and depression, and you know, death and all these things. And all I address these things in my in my videos and stuff. Um,
0: George Floyd, I mean George
2: Floyd. Yeah, being able to talk about really deep subjects, but doing it in a silly, ridiculous way. Um, and
0: not making a joke of the subject yeah, itself. Not,
2: yeah, it's like, because uh, that's always good. thing. I remember I did a thing. I struggled with this one. Somebody wanted me to do something about PTSD. And that was my concern. It's like, okay, I don't want to mock people with PTSD. That's not what I'm doing. And I'm not trying to discount their experience. Because I know it's something that's very real. I mean, I was in the Marine Corps. I I'm hung out with a lot of people with PTSD. I, I understand it. And I, I want, so I wanted to make the video where I explain what PTSD is in a funny way so that people can understand and relate to it. And also, um, you know, anxiety and depression, getting to people understand, you know, you know, when when somebody says I'm, I'm depressed, the last thing they need to hear is, well, just cheer up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just think positive, <laughs> you know, cause they, they. They want to, that's kind of the point is you just, you can't, you're, you're, you know, it's like you're, uh, you're stuck in the mud, you're in the, run. And the harder you push on the gas, you just get deeper in. Yeah. You know? And so talking about those, those kinds of subjects, it's, it was funny cause I, I did the PTSD video and I, I share, I was nervous about doing it, but I thought, I think I covered it. I didn't, you know what I mean? So I went, I shared it with people and, the person that asked me to do it, they were like, this is perfect, thank you. And and I've had people that reached out to me and said, this is really great. Um, I've had, um, I had one, it was this uh, wife whose husband had PTSD, and she really didn't understand it. You know, she would kind of fall into that trap of, I think he's just doing it for attention. But She said, um, in fact, her husband wrote to me and said after she saw the video she started to cry because she started to understand what he was going through and then so i'm getting these kind of messages and then i get this other guy who says i'm disappointed in you how dare you to mock and ridicule ptsd and and i'm like you know my first thought is did you watch the video yeah it's like people get upset not at what you say but the fact that you say anything at all you know i do and this that's just part of comedy cuz i i do jokes about my daughter she's she's gay you know she's a lesbian she came out to me but and it was silly that she came out cuz we 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 knew <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but i so i did this whole i do this whole thing about her coming out and then also at the same time that they started their thing the girlfriend decided that she was really a boy. So she became transgendered man. And, and so I just did jokes about the whole thing and I don't mock them at all. I mean, I just make fun of the situation. Yeah. Right. And, and my reaction, it's mostly about my coming to terms with, with everything. And, um, uh, I've had people listen to it and go that, was the uh, I, I've had people go? Uh, there's there's nothing to be offended by, you know, but I would still get people because I would post it on I posted mm-hmm. on 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 the internet, and I started getting people to say, "Oh, that didn't age well," and I'm going, "What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you just can't be talking about." It. And they're they're not upset about what I said; they're fact that I talked about it at all. Yeah, yeah is what they're because they're about. scared. Yeah, they're scared. And uh, it's a projection. And one thing I find is don't apologize for anything. If you do something and you do it with pure with pure intent, just do it. If you, you know, if somebody gets a people just want to be offended.
0: Yeah. And they want a reaction out of you.
2: Yeah. I know
0: I have to not answer shit cuz I know people just want to get me mad. I, I said
2: that the best thing to do is either ignore them or um, give a positive acknowledgement it's like i i had uh uh this guy one time he just he wrote me this uh, scathing thing you are know, um you're just a two-bit hack and you're you know you're just this one-trick pony and you're uh you're going nowhere enjoy your 15 minutes of fame and then f you you know and i was just like where is this coming from <laughs> so instead of uh getting upset i just go well i'm Sorry you feel that way, but, uh, I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> and, uh, he writes back to me, goes, Hey man, I'm really sorry. I was kind of in a dark place and I was just lashing out and, I actually think you're pretty funny. And I'm like, Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> you know? Hey,
2: that's how it works though. Yeah, They just, just want you to reply. Yeah. You just acknowledge them. And it's like, look, I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, I, I had a guy today. I, I get this every once in a while. He's like, I just feel like you're repeating a lot of the videos. Cause like I, I get new followers all the time. Right. And so I'll have a video that I did two years ago and I'll just go ahead and just repost it. Yeah. Post it. Just, you know, and and then I have people po- reposting my videos all the time from all, you know, I've got hundreds of them out there, so they're popping up all the place. And this guy's, well, I just feel like you're, you're re- reposting a lot of the same stuff, and so I'm going to have to take a break from you. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, why... <laughs> Thanks for telling
0: me. Why did you take the time to tell me <laughs> You're so worried about wasting time watching these videos. Yeah. You just wasted your time writing me this email. Yeah, I was just like,
2: like and so I just said, okay, no worries. I mean, I, I don't know what, yeah, what, you, what I'm you, supposed to do. i not, I'm going to have to snooze you for 30 days because i don't want to (laughs) watch thanks for telling me (laughs) there was absolutely no reason at all for you to tell me but he felt like he had to yeah yeah for whatever reason and if anything he's basically saying hey um um hey there you we're friends and uh by the way you know uh i don't like the way that uh you don't Cover your mouth when you cough. <laughs>
0: you know, it's that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, totally.
2: You know, it's like, oh, he hates me now. And I, I just, you'll you learn just not to take anything personally. Even oh. when it's, even when they're trying to make it personal, the trick is just don't ever take anything personal. Because most of the time people lash out to you, it's not really about you. It's about them anyway. So, yeah, they're projecting. Yeah. So why, why get upset? And so when you, uh, you either absorb the hit or just, deflect it or whatever it's usually the best way to deal with it thank you for
0: doing this we did like an hour 40 minutes
2: oh really yeah oh, wow. isn't that crazy oh, we've been recording
0: <laughs> oh we started? shit i'm sorry we started? <laughs> i need you to sign a waiver <laughs> <laughs> but for real thank you for the hospitality and for this conversation because you are someone i look up to and it was an honor to have you on yeah. this show
2: I got I got to tell you this. Um, you have a joke. Do you remember this? Oh, wait. about dodgeball. I do remember this. <laughs> I, I I had made a post years ago about this, the idea of dodgeball and everything, and it it come up on my. Should memories. we say the bit or no? Yeah. Well, it'll come. Oh okay. God. So so I I was going through my memories and I saw this thing that I had posted. And I thought, oh, that's funny. I got to repost that. And this, I posted, this, this is something that I'm running up against is stuff that I wrote back in 2012 or before when I had, you know, my post would get seven likes, yeah. maybe, you know what I mean? If acknowledged at all. And then all of a sudden, now I have, you know, hundreds of people who like this stuff. And so, and stuff I wrote back then was just as funny then. And so, like, I'll repost it. Um, just to show, look, I've been funny for a long time, right? You
0: guys caught up. I didn't you catch up. Up. You just <laughs> up. I'm just,
2: I'm just, I'm just informing you of how magnificent I've been this entire time. <laughs> so I reposted that, that, that joke. And I didn't realize that you had a whole bit about basically about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd posted it and then all these people were like, Hey, you stole Sam's joke. And I'm going, no, no. no. He stole my joke. I wrote this but, on Facebook, but, but it was like it was one of those moments where it's like, no, this there's no way he he would steal my joke, and I didn't yeah. steal his. Which is you know just a great parallel thing. Parallel thinking. Exactly. I mean, it's not it's not that big of a sh- stretch. I didn't. And so I was like, I didn't want to you know get into a pissing match But I was like, there, there's no reason to. I don't think I didn't. I know I didn't steal from him. I know he didn't steal from me. You know. On record I
0: did not steal it. Was
2: a, it I was an obscu- it literally joke. was an obscure post I made years ago. <laughs> literally no I I think I it before we even knew each other.
0: Oh yeah. So yeah. there
2: was like there's no freaking That's one way. of the first
0: jokes I ever wrote yeah. actually.
2: <laughs> and it's a great joke. It's a it's great dumb. bit. I don't it, well the, somebody sent me the video and I watched it I'm going that's exactly um that's brilliant. I'd the bit. I was like he's got he nailed it. Right? And so instead of getting upset or anything, I just, uh, I was just, I reposted it and just said, this is a great joke. This is, you know, basically saying, look, uh, no harm, no foul. I, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to steal his joke. He didn't steal it from me. Parallel thinking, but it's a great bit. Here. Trust me, I
0: did not think you saw
2: it. Oh, I know, me. I know, but it was. But I had other people that were. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I understand. In your behalf, which is great. It means you got you got some great friends. But I was just like, holy cow! And so instead like I said, it started trying to get. Oh well, you know, I first posted this and started. I was just like, look, he's got this great bit about it here. Watch it, and uh, and it was really cool because uh, um, I had a lot of people. Um, who started following you who saw the bit. And I was like, this is cool. This is what social media should be, especially comics. Yeah. We should be supporting each other and helping each other out. Not getting, it's not a competition.
0: No, there's not like eight slices of a pie and we all need, it's like, there's the more we win, the more it's, Content is king. The more we help each other out and create more content, the more there is out there for people to see of us.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And that's why I really do appreciate this. And I'm glad we got to talk about that too, because I (laughs) forgot about that. I that bit got me in trouble one too many times. Oh,
1: it's a great bit. It is a great (laughs) (laughs) bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, it's about it's basically the, as soon as you have the decline in dodgeball, then school shootings went up. Yeah.
0: Which it was crazy because when I saw that, I was like, oh shit. That parallel thinking really is a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that's why that's why I love you were talking about being great versus being a legend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you're a legend like someone said this to me once a comedian was like, I haven't said anything of enough importance yet. Like I've made people laugh, but I don't think I've said anything like important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't think I've said anything important yet, but I, that's what I love about the grind of comedy is cause I just want to chip away and work until I well, am proud of what <coughs> I'm going to say.
2: Yeah. Cause a lot of that is just finding your own voice and finding your own confidence in what you're doing and who you are and,
0: Cause I'm 25. When I did stand up for the first time, I was 18, 17,
2: yeah.
0: eight years. Like I'm, and I just started headlining within this year. So I'm, you know, I'm still a newbie. I'm still a novice, but I've worked hard and I've put my hours in. So I just, I love the
2: grind and the. Oh, you've got to, you've just got to love every bit of it. You got to love the fact that you know you're. You, you've you got to like driving. You got to like, like driving. driving. You got to <laughs> like the idea that you just drove. Two and a half hours to go to a a bar in Vermont on a Tuesday night. And then when you get there, you find out you're performing for three people. And the bar wants to leave the TVs on because they don't want to have their regular customers leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and you, you get up there and you do it the worst is I don't know
0: anything it. about sports when you get to a game uh, when you get to a show <laughs> and you realize it's like a playoff game or something oh yeah, that, 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 I've had that, that so many times and I'm like no one's coming and if they are coming they're here to watch that yeah. fucking playoff game <laughs> I don't Yep. but anyway thank you so much for doing this oh, it was really an you. honor
2: this was a privilege <laughs> that
0: was a bad handshake but peace out everyone
2: yeah yeah